Hey guys, you're listening to Totally Stoked Podcast with Amelia Travis, yoga teacher and wild child turned multi-six-figure business coach, writer, speaker, and spiritual warrior. Totally Stoked is an experiment in radical honesty. On this show, there's only two rules, show up and tell the truth. Each week, we share uncensored, truth-telling, shame-busting conversations with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and modern-day mystics revealing their rise to thrive stories, current challenges, and sharing their most powerful tools for awakening, growth, and well-being. This is your place to let down your guard, open your heart, and remember that being human is a crazy, wild ride, but you don't have to do it alone. So buckle up, baby, because we're heading full speed ahead to radical self-love and a totally stoked life. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. I am super excited to bring you the most impactful guest today. I think probably one of the most uh, powerful in terms of strategy and actual implementation of um, tips and tricks that you can do to really move the needle forward in your business right now, especially as it pertains to marketing, sales, and social media. Uh, this woman is not only a total badass on the gram, she's a marketing and sales coach who left an eight-year marketing career with some big, big names that you know, um, and built really, really powerful businesses for other people before she decided to take her power back and create her own brilliant online academy for helping people with their marketing and sales. She's overcome a lifetime of challenges, including an abusive drug addicted household um, of her childhood, and really embodied this decision and this mantra that she was going to make a different life for herself, a life that involved um, not only breaking free from those cycles of addiction and abuse, but showing other women that their situation, their upbringing, and their circumstances do not determine their outcome and have nothing on their internal fire and power to make a different way for themselves. She is a brilliant mind who helped me totally reframe my email marketing and my concept of copywriting early this year. Um, She's definitely an asset and a friend that you want to have in your corner. And thankfully to, uh, to the offers that she has now, you can. You can have her in your corner whenever you want. I'm super excited to have her on the show. She's a wealth of knowledge. Please give a warm welcome to Melanie Albert. Hey, I am so excited to be here. I am seriously so honored to be on this badass podcast. So let me just put that out there first and foremost. So thank you. thank you. Every time I do an intro in my mind, I'm like Stephen Colbert and it's like my <laughs> opening, like I'm like introducing my guests and I like literally am waiting for my applause track. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm like, where I is it? Uh, you made me sound so good. <laughs> um, you are so good. And this is actually one of my favorite things about you, Mel, is that you're incredibly humble. And I like that about you. I feel like you are like a sleeper cell when it comes to really badass marketing and sales. And you have this approach, this humility and groundedness to you that I think is really um, lacking a lot in the online space. And the reason that it impacted me personally is that So Melanie reached out to me earlier in the year. She was like, you have an amazing brand. I love what you're doing. How's it going with your email marketing? And I was like, shitty. It's going really shitty, Melanie. Like, I don't do it. I'm the worst. It's horrible. And she was like, cool, I can help you. If you want some help, I can either coach you or I can do it for you. And so for a little while, she was helping me write email copy. And she was 
doing that by taking my own words, captions, things that I'd written and, um, and refining them and putting emphasis in the right places. And I got to tell you guys, the responses that I would get to the emails that she helped craft, people would write back and be like, Oh my God, I'm crying. This is like, you're speaking right to my heart. And I'm like, okay, so nobody did that shit when I wrote it as an Instagram <laughs> caption. I don't know what you did with the bold and the italics girl, but it's working. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yeah. So sure. you have some, some major skill when it comes to capturing emotion uh, both in video and in the written word. And then really, I think tapping into the heart of the person who's reading. Yeah. Um, how the fuck did you get so good at that? <laughs> so I think it sounds super weird, but I think it, it goes back to my childhood and, um, one of six kids, the, the environment was very tumultuous. And in that in that framework, I had to learn how to read people, how to respond and how to get responses that I needed from people. It sounds very weird and manipulative when I word it that way, but growing up, I had to learn um, communication skills and reading people's body language, reading how they're acting and understanding who they are at their core. And I fell in love, sounds very weird, but I fell in love with marketing and that whole back end part of helping people feel things and, um, really trying to get a point across because growing up the way I did reading was one of the things that, that kept me going. And mm -hmm. when I would read things and they would inspire me and make me cry and make me laugh, I wanted to do that for other people. It sounds really weird, but that is where it kind of stemmed from. And in terms of what I do now, it's really just understanding who I'm talking to and the person's mission behind it. Once I have those two things, it's all systems ago. So I don't think it sounds weird at all. And in fact, I want to dig into it a little bit more because you know, you mentioned, so one of the things we love to share on this show is what I call the rise to thrive stories of entrepreneurs, leaders, you know, visionaries, modern day mystics. But what I mean by that term is like, we, you know, came, all of us came from different circumstances. And I find that many of the most successful people that I talked to overcame some shit to be where they are. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about learning to read people at a young age, was that because it created safety for you to be able to check in and see, is this person safe or unsafe? Um, or were your basic needs like maybe not being met because you were in this household of abuse and addiction. And so you needed to figure out how could you best leverage what you had, which was just your words yeah. and your charisma mm -hmm. to get, I don't know, a bagel or like yeah. whatever you wanted to get that day. Honestly, it was all of the above. I think it was a lot of it because of my childhood lacked a lot of control. Me learning how to read people, how to get certain responses from them was my way of controlling my environment. Mm -hmm. um, and the other portion of that, like you said, was getting what I needed um, in terms of attention or different responses met. So it was growing up definitely a people pleaser. Uh, I'm a type two, so a helper by nature. But yeah, it was, it's definitely all of the above for sure. Mm -hmm. Where, where did you grow up, Mel? Where'd you live? So I grew up in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Um, I'm one of six kids. We were very, very, very poor. Uh, my dad is a, a recovering, he's sober now, but a recovering heroin addict. Um, my mom for a brief moment in time was addicted to painkillers. Mm -hmm. um, two out of the six kids are still drug addicts um, in and out of prison. 
and my life was from a young age, you had to grow up quick and you had to decide you either want that life or you want different. And I chose different immediately. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. do you feel like you were like embodying that from a relatively young age? Like, were you working your butt off in, in junior high and high school? Did you go to college? What was the path that got you uh, to where you are now as a, I would say you have a rapidly growing success mm -hmm. in the online space. Um, but how did you get here? Yeah. So growing up from a young age, I was uh, obsessed with success in terms of grades, being a teacher's pet, being the first one to raise my hand, because that was the only time in my life that I got recognition. So uh, literally from second grade onward, you name it, I did it. And I was a straight A student throughout high school. I went through a brief um, around sophomore year, a crazy stage where I was drinking and smoking at a young age. But once I got out of that, I went to college, graduated early from high school, went to college for marketing communications with a um, concentration advertisement. When I graduated, all I wanted was a glass castle office in corporate. And I dreamed of that life <laughs> until I had it. And I was like, this, this fucking sucks. Can I swear? Mm, Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. we're explicit. So, it's funny. Every guest <laughs> asks that. And I'm like, I probably already dropped the F-bomb like four times already. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So, yeah, that's kind of my... To sum it all up, my 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 path to here, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Well, so you got your Glass Castle corporate job. It sucked. You hated it. When you left, you rather than just going, maybe you went straight into doing it for yourself. But there was this intermediary period where did you target people who were already uh, doing big things in the digital online business space, or like? Um, because I, I, we won't name any names, but it, you were writing copy and email and creating programs for some of, I'm not exaggerating, some of the biggest names right now in, um, as digital entrepreneurs, people you know, who, who you know, who have millions of followers, who are making millions of dollars, and behind the scenes was you. How did you get that job? Did you pursue it? Did you go after it? Was there an open call for hiring and you were just the best or what happened? So... It, to, to give you a little, a, a little segue into how that happened, uh, when I was in corporate, I built a fitness, an online fitness brand on the side. And I love studying Instagram algorithm and all that kind of back-end marketing pieces. So I did that as a side hustle, but I wasn't in love with it. And I think my whole life, and as we all do, we all chase that passion. And when things don't fit, we're trying to figure out what's not working. Um, so when I was working corporate, I wanted out to maybe pursue my love for the online space. Wasn't quite sure what that was. I knew what I was good at. So digital marketing, copywriting, all that fun stuff. So when I was in corporate, I loved my job. I hated their mission. They didn't give a fuck about what they were doing. They were just showing up every day kind of on autopilot. And I wanted more. I knew there was more to life than that. Hence why I met you. And I was like, I love your mission. That's what I crave. So mm -hmm. when I was trying to get out of corporate, I found this big brand that you mentioned and they were hiring for a uh, marketing director role. And I was like, this is it. I believe in their mission. I don't mind being the back end or the behind the scenes type of gal, as long as I love what they stand for. Mm -hmm. So when I applied a very rigorous application process, I mean, multiple interviews with people all over the world. Uh, and then when I got in, it wasn't what it seemed and it broke my heart. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I went in and built all of their most successful products. I helped them crack the Instagram code for them. I did all of the things while I watched the people who claimed to love the people they served, not actually love the people that they served. So it mm-hmm. just was at that moment, I was like, this, this needs to change because people are buying into something terrible. Yes, I could sell it, but I, mm-hmm. I walk with integrity and I don't want to, um, stand for something I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was, I feel like when I look at what you're doing now, that 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 was in a sense like divine intervention because you, you're really smart and you're really good at what you do. And I, and I've watched just over the last few months, what it seems like a real explosion in the programs that you're offering to people directly. And I mean, so much so Mel that like, I'm not going to lie. Like I've been two clicks away from like, I'm fucking enrolling in online marketing Academy. Like your coffee is so good. that I'm just like, I don't know what she's teaching in there, but it's so good. Um, and you know, that's like, to me, that's always a measure of like, when I'm like covering to click by now, I'm like, wait a minute. What's this bitch doing? Like she, she put her magic on me, but I feel like, um, I feel like pretty clear in my gut that a few years from now or not very long from now, um, I just have this vision of you like like glittering. I don't think you're really (laughs) going to be glittering in diamonds, but in my mind you are and you're just like, yes, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it set you on this path of really like autonomy and being like, you know what? The only person who can outdo myself is myself. So no matter what you maybe built for them or did for them, all of that knowledge and ability is, is in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell us a little bit because you, you built, you built an influencer, uh, platform for yourself on Instagram. You were doing the personal training thing. Got real cute little booty, got the little, you know, <laughs> shaker bottle and all yeah. the things. And we have a similarity in this way. Like I did that with yoga. I did the, you know, fitness posts and yoga sequences and, you know, here's me standing on a table doing yoga and here's, you know, that's like, but then there came a point where I got really disgusted and maybe the same thing happened with you. Like just so disgusted with the in, in fitness influencer, yoga influencer space and culture where it was like, I am not anti-capitalism. Okay. Like obviously like I benefit from capitalism. I, this is regardless of whether we like it or don't like it on a philosophical level, it's the system that we're in. And I'm not opposed to people making money, but much like what you said about this company that you were working for, I couldn't get down with telling people, you need these yoga pants or you need this mat. Like, I don't give a fuck what kind of pants you wear. You don't even have to wear pants. You know what I mean? Like, you can come to yoga naked. Um, But even more so than the commercialism of like sponsored posts and realizing that I was giving all my sales power away to other people, I became disgusted with the um, peer-to-peer culture of people who were expanding in the influencer space. Now, I've since removed myself from some of those communities and found other, other influencers who are super soulful, like yourself, who I'm very aligned with, um, and who don't give me the heebie-jeebies every time I like, <laughs> run into them at a party. Um, but you were really, you had some traction with like, your online personal fitness stuff, and then you just recently did a, a merge where you basically were like, yeah, Melanie Albert, personal trainer and Melanie Albert, marketing expert are really just the same person. Mm-hmm. So what, what was that about? What, in what way did you get frustrated with being a fitness influencer or decide that that wasn't really the whole picture of who you are? 
Yeah. So just like you said in preach, the fitness world, especially I guess the bodybuilding world that I was in per se, it, it got really ugly and I could see how easy it is to lose yourself in that atmosphere. A lot of people chase numbers, the likes and all that kind of fame, the Insta fame, and they forget that they have influence. Um, meaning it doesn't matter how many followers you have, you're influencing someone to do something. And when I would watch these people and I got stuck into it too, like having to look cute, putting on makeup to film and things like that, that I got so wrapped up and I'm like, I am not teaching people the things that I want to teach them, meaning mm -hmm. how to be themselves, how to embrace themselves. And I lost myself in that world and I no longer felt good about it. So with that, I kind of abandoned that page, which I grew a nice following on. And I went and started my life over per se on a new page. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing that, I was essentially living a double life. And partly because I was embarrassed for people to see that I was almost admitting defeat. Like I couldn't do it. Um, mm -hmm. The other part was I didn't want to let down the people who genuinely looked up to me in that world. And uh, for a long time, I had kept things separate. And like you said, recently I merged it because I, a part of me was scared of losing those followers and losing that, what I've built and kind of, like I said, admitting defeat, but mm -hmm. I had an epiphany where I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, that's mm -hmm. not me. That life is kind of dead. And the people who do stay, they're my ride or dies. I'm all, it, it's awesome. But I had a bigger purpose and I was aligned with what I love to do. And I took myself out of that purpose equation, meaning I stopped thinking about the likes, the comments, the follows. What am I getting out of this? And I thought about the person that I'm serving. They need mm -hmm. to hear me. They need to see me. And me living a double life is going against what I'm telling them they need to do. So that was where I was like, I'm merging this shit. And after that is when my business kind of exploded. I feel like I needed to let go of that other part of me to fully embrace who I was now. And that is where the explosion kind of happened. So it was my inflection point, And I'm thankful that I actually took that leap. Yeah, there's a lot in that. And I want to like stay with that for a minute because I, and I'll use myself as an example, like I, I'm actually, I'm actually even in it now. Like this is present moment stuff, right? So Stoked Yogi is this brand, right? It's a yoga brand. It's a brand that I built around wanting to invite people into surfing and stand up paddleboarding and yoga and finding empowerment through movement. Mm -hmm. um, and I do still do many of those things. But I knew for a long time that the next evolution of me was writer, speaker, coach, right? Mm -hmm. And who's that? That's Amelia Travis. That's her name. You know what I mean? Don't wear it out. <laughs> um, but like that for, you know, it's so interesting how we can have resistance around any change, right? Because we're afraid. And like you said, uh, it felt like admitting defeat, which is so funny because to me listening and to everybody else listening, it's like, I don't think most of us would see or perceive defeat in that. But what you were perceiving was like, oh, I'm giving up on being a fitness influencer who has, I don't know, a million followers and does squats for money. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, that's okay. Like, um, and, and when I hear it, I'm just like, oh, well, of course people are only going to fall more in love with you the more that you share the multiple facets of yourself. Mm -hmm. That being said, I know that when I got pregnant and had a baby and gained 75 pounds and then lost 75 pounds, when I made the pivot from being a yoga influencer, you know, you're talking about yoga and fitness and here's me in a bikini on the beach 
to like, here's me in my pajama pants <laughs> talking about, you know what I mean? Being reclaiming wholeness and being a yeah. sovereign being <laughs> onto yourself. Yes. I lost 10,000 followers over, over two years of this evolution. Um, but what I'd like to ask you is how did you, you know, you said you got to an epiphany point of just like, fuck it. But for the people right now who are feeling like growing pains in their brand identity, or even just the resistance around saying that they are a personal brand or using their name as their brand, like what could you say to encourage people to be willing to evolve in who they are publicly, because that can be a really hard thing to do. It is. And I think one thing that everyone needs to know is that evolving is necessary and it's going to happen regardless. And you being resistant to that is only going to hurt the people you want to serve both now and in the future. So just know that it's inevitable and embracing it is the easiest thing you can do, even if it sucks while you're doing it and it feels like the end of the world. The other part is the way I looked at it when I was pivoting was I was so far removed from the original person I was serving as a fitness influencer that I was no longer helping them. Mm -hmm. And by me embodying the new person that I knew that I was supposed to be and I felt in my soul, I knew that I was going to help people. So it, again, I just removed myself out of that. And I said, am I helping this, the current people that I'm you know, talking to or working with? No, because I'm no longer connected to that. So the only logical explanation then would be I have to serve. And in order to do that, I have to evolve. So that's the way that I looked at it when it comes to that. And I encourage people to step back and remove themselves out of it and say, am I serving the person that I want to be serving right now? If the answer is no, then changing, pivoting, evolving is necessary. So what about the people who are listening, who are like, I want to be serving but when I get on social media or get on my email, I find myself struggling to figure out what to say, like how to create content. What about the people who are still just really stuck in, um, cause I feel like this, ha this still happens to me. Like, oh, I have to post something. How many of you have ever thought that like, fuck, I got to post something. Right. And when we're coming from that space, like I try to, of course, immediately go to, what have I struggled with lately? What, what, what are the people who I'm connected with here struggling with and how can I support, encourage them and serve them? But, um, that's hard for a lot of people to do and especially entrepreneurs. And th this episode is really for all of our entrepreneurs out there or aspiring entrepreneurs or people who have a passion project and want to do something bigger with their lives. Um, they get really stuck in like, I don't know what to say. And, and the number one thing that I hear and probably number one or number two thing that I hear and that I know you hear all the time too, is I I'm really bad at marketing. Mm. Right. And I think that comes from I, the reason I'm pivoting us to that on this topic is that I think it comes from a misconception about what marketing is. Correct. And I think people think marketing is advertising mm -hmm. and marketing, it, it, they get confused, get it confused with advertising, get it confused with sales, get it confused with branding. But marketing is really kind of its own special thing. And I think you would be better qualified to speak to what that is um, and how it relates to service. Yes. So going back really quickly to what you just said that I think a lot of people say to themselves daily is, 
I need to post something today. What do I need to post? And I want you to flip the next time you think that or feel that I want you to ask yourself and flip that and say, what is my new dream client or current dream client need to hear today? There's a difference again, removing yourself out of that. When it comes to marketing, it's actually quite simple. And a lot of us, because of all the things we Google and see other people doing the email lists, the ads and all this fun stuff. Yes, those things can be good for your business eventually, but fundamentally, all you need to know is who you're serving and what you're giving them down to its core. You need to identify the singular person you want to serve and start there. That's it. And then talk to one person daily. That's all you need to do. All that fun stuff comes in once you've nailed that. And we can get into like more specific stuff, but does that make sense? Like fundamentally what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Any questions with that? Yeah, because I think one thing that I hear in response to that and that I know, because I work with a lot of women in, you know, group coaching, private coaching courses, whatever, is um, when we're thinking about this one singular person and how we're going to serve them, there's two things that happen. One is we get stuck in all of the things that we can give them, right? Like thinking about, well, I can teach them this and I can teach them this and I can teach them this, which is part of the equation and it's important. But the other thing that happens is we get stuck in only thinking about well, what do they need? And then going deep into the rabbit hole of our minds, we're like, I don't know what they need. <laughs> what do they want? I don't know. And making it like a lot more complicated, I think, than it often needs to be. So this is exactly what you take people through, I think, in Online Marketing mm -hmm. Academy, OMA, right? Your signature program. And it's what I see you teaching on just on your social media day after day um, is really helping people kind of break through this massive resistance that we all have in figuring out how to position ourselves, our message, our product, our service in a way that it is coming from a place of service. So while that makes sense, I wonder if you can take us into just like very simple, like I'm, you know, remedial school here for marketing, <laughs> like what is the first thing that I need to get clear on about myself or my brand so that I can have a baseline from which to start serving my ideal client? Because I think sometimes people struggle with, they're like, but I don't know who my ideal client is. And I, I oh, they're like, oh, I've got it. I know what she wants. She wants to be happy. And I'm like, oh my God, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yep. You, you got it. You, yes. Let's see how that goes for you. So I do have a process and I'll share that with you guys. And the first thing that I want you to do, your number one problem when it comes to marketing or sales or copy is that you're too fucking smart. Mm -hmm. A lot of us think that we're dumb and that's why we suck at it, but it's because you're too smart. A lot of times you're so far ahead in the process of what you want to teach that you miss the mark on meeting them where they're at, but we'll get to that. So the first thing that I want you to do is really define what your legacy is. What do you want to be known for in this world? If you think of anyone that you admire, they're known for something, right? So coming up with your own legacy, what you want to be known for, for me, simple marketing, soulful sales, captivating copy. That's what I want to be known for. When you have that, any questions with that before I move on? No, I'm just okay. enchanted. Yeah. I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> when you have your legacy in place, the next step, if you're not, if you're not, um, 
familiar or if you don't know for sure who your ideal client is, this is where market research comes into play. If you have an idea of the person you want to serve, again, being a singular person, not broad, because the reason why, Amelia, your emails did so well is you were so good at talking to one person. Mm. You want them to be like, you're in my head, you're talking to me. That's what gets them to want to buy into whatever it is you're doing. So market research will tell you a lot about your um, clients. I call them the FPGs, the fears, pains, and goals. Mm -hmm. When you nail down your FPG, what you want to do is plug in those fears, pains, and goals into your legacy. Mm -hmm. For instance, my ideal dream client struggles with writing copy, knowing their niche, uh, soulful sales. I know that they struggle with that. So what I do is I plug those into what I want to be known for and I write copy on those subjects. Does this make sense? So meaning like what they're afraid that they're sucking at when it comes to these things or, okay, or like what the hardest part of that struggle is. So like, for example, you're sitting in front of your computer, you have your Google Drive open and you're there to like write your email copy and you're just banging your head against your keyboard and it sucks because it makes you feel like you're wasting your life. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Um, so I want to share a little bonus tip with you guys in that, that she said that the reason that I was able to do well with my email is that I speak to one person. The person I'm speaking to is myself. So absolutely, she's myself a year ago or three years ago or 10 years ago, depending on what aspect of my work I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But this is where like self-awareness and self-study are, can be a and other people study, but, but start with yourself can be a really great tool because what we tend to do when we're trying to create marketing content is that we imitate whatever we were conditioned into growing up. So those of us, especially that grew up, like I grew up in the, you know, early nineties, the, the, the fallback is to write copy that mimics like a real cheesy ad from like the early, just like terrible. You know what I mean? Um, but so what I try to do instead is get really honest with like, how do I talk to myself in the mirror? You know what I mean? And if I was talking about something around body image, I would not hold back from saying something that I wrote in a journal 15 years ago, which was like, you know, why can't you just stop eating, you fat fucking cow? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I would not say that yeah. to my ideal client, <laughs> but I might use those words to say, do you beat yourself up day after day around your body image? Do you find yourself standing in the mirror calling yourself a fat fucking cow? Mm-hmm. Now that's harsh, right? Some it, people might be like, oh, I'm not going to say that if I'm a fitness trainer. I'm going to say like, you know, I'll help you like feel yeah. strong and confident. And it's like, yeah. No, I want to know that you know that I think I'm a fat fucking cow. <laughs> exactly. That you get it. That you get it. That's it. Yeah. People, people want to feel like they're seen and heard, you know, and that's, that's how to do it is, mm-hmm. to, is to talk to a previous version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you figure out these FPGs, the fears, the pains, the goals, and you use those as a foundation to right. write copy. Yes. Another thing you're really good at And in case anybody doesn't know who's listening, when we say copy, we just mean written text. I don't know. We had, you know, Melissa, sidebar, Melissa and I, Melissa, had a a conversation yesterday. She was like, what's the etymology of the word copy? Where does that come from? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's from when they used to make newspapers and they'd like type it on typewriter and cut it out and then glue it and copy it. But we Googled it and it actually comes from the Latin word copia, which translates to wealth or abundance. 
Oh, isn't that fascinating? I know. I was like, ah, that like brings a whole new level to the value of coffee that the actual origin of that word is about abundance. Um, Okay, sidebar over. What I was going to say is uh, you got the fears, you got the pains, you got the goals, or maybe you do a brain dump and you really write all those things out by using your self awareness or the version of your past self. Um, But I, I know a lot of people, myself included, feel like, oh my God, I, I feel like I've talked about, I've already talked about that. I already talked about them being afraid that they're not going to be good enough or whatever. I can't talk about that again. Um, but I know one of the things that you teach is like, don't be afraid to recycle at least the themes, if not the actual content. I don't ever see you recycling your actual words, which I'm like, thank God, because it's actually my pet peeve. And I like, I will notice, like, even if you wrote it two years ago, I'll be like, I've read this before. Um, But how do you do that? How do you take that and make, you know, a post for 365 days a year? I know people feel like their heads are exploding because they're like, how can I, how can I fucking produce enough content? I'm so tired. Yes. So the first that people need to understand is when it comes to your legacy and when it comes to anyone that you admire, they are known for things because they repeat them. And the same thing goes for you. I like to give the cocktail party an analogy to my clients and say, if I'm going to a cocktail party, what do you want me to say about you? What are you known for? What, What should I say? And they'll give me things. Your content should be repetitive in the subject, but not in the actual copy. So what I do when you have the fears, pains, and goals, mapped out. I call those the pillar posts because they support your legacy. So those are the main foundations when it comes to your content. I break each pillar post out. So the fears, pains, and goals, this is really complex. So follow along. Um, you know, my if, fa- if you guys can see my face right this. now, yeah. she saw my eyes starting to glaze over and she's like, stay with me. Pay attention. Okay. Uh, I'm here. Okay. I'm with you. So, Let's say, for instance, one of my pillar posts, obviously, is um, creating captivating content, okay? So I'm going to break that post out into four different categories. Educational, conversational, inspirational, connection, and trust. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the reason why those four categories are so powerful is they activate different buy buttons and trust factors when it comes to your ideal client. So for instance, if I'm going to give you examples, I would say, if it's talking about captivating copy, an educational post would be three tips to write better copy tomorrow. The conversational piece would be, do you struggle with writing captivating copy? The uh, inspirational post would be a quote about copy, the word copy coming from the Latin (laughs) word, copia. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for that content piece. Um, And then the fourth would be connection and trust. I would talk about my experience writing copy or a client of mine that I've worked with who I wrote better copy for or taught them how to. Does this Mm -hmm. make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's cool because I have my own five categories that I use that are really similar, education, inspiration, activation, which is kind of more like the take a stand, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Polarizing. Um, And then, yeah, a quote or a feature, basically something Mm -hmm. that's like shareable. and now I don't remember what the fifth is, but it's somewhere in my <laughs> online course. You can go find it. But yeah, I, I like that. And I think that um, what I really like is actually the four variations. Because here's the thing. I use all of those different types of posts. But what I haven't done is taken those different types of posts and applied like specifically what you just did. Say, here's the subject and now I'm, that's related to my legacy. And now I'm going to talk about it across these five different types of posts. And I think in doing that, 
that's when you get this, this exponential effect of like, oh, I only had one concept, but now I have five posts or 10 posts or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. That's a super hot tip. Take that to the bank. You guys, um, where do you find your clients get the most stuck when they're learning about copy marketing and sales? What's the point where you're just like, maybe you're still even kind of figuring out how to really serve them in that place because it just feels really sticky and challenging. Yes. So I think the, the two, I call them the speed bumps of, of my coaching. The first is being, where do I find the dream clients, right? The million dollar, where do they exist? Mm-hmm. And then the, the next speed bump would be, okay, now that I have them, I see them, what do I do with them? So those are the two speed bumps. If you want me to cover both, I'm happy to do so. I definitely want you to talk about the question of where do I find clients? Word. Because I think that's a question that so many people ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I want to hear your answer. Sure. I have my two so, cents, but this is, we're here to learn from the edge. <laughs> There's um, three different places where I actively find my dream clients. One is Facebook groups where I found Amelia. So mm-hmm. there's that. It works. The second is hashtags. Again, knowing who your ideal client is, is crucial to know what hashtags they are using. Um, the third is going to be your competitors pages. I know a lot of people are like collaboration over competition. Yes. But I'm like, target the fuck out of those people. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And you can do both. Yeah, you can do both. And I think that what people fail to recognize is they could be quote unquote a competitor, but you are different by just being you that Mm. the person on that page may need your variation of it or your version of it. So don't ever Mm -hmm. feel bad going there and starting a conversation. So those are the three places I go. If you are a product based business or a brick and mortar store, geo tags are crucial on Instagram. You can search any location and look up any post from that location ever in existence. Repeat in case you checked out, if you are a brick and mortar business or small business locally, you need to use geo tags. Yeah. So those are, yeah, the, the places that I use the most. And I have, um, another hot tip for your listeners is the three, two, one rule. So whenever I get to a dream client, wherever platform I'm on Facebook groups, competitor page, so on and so forth, I practice the three, two, one rule. And this is, I like three of their most recent photos. I comment on two of them and I respond to something on their story whether it's an interactive sticker or they're walking their fucking dog and I think it's cute, I'm going to interact with them. What this does is you are not only getting on their radar, but you're starting a, uh, a nice conversation with them in the DMs. Does this make mm-hmm. sense? Hell yeah. Okay. I love the three, two, one rule. I'm yeah. doing it. It's all, it's all I do. And what's even better is if you find one person, you're like, oh my God, she is fucking it or he is fucking it. This is the person. When you click follow, it pops up suggested follows. You open mm. that shit up and there's a million other people just like him or her that you consider an ideal client. They mm-hmm. literally exist everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. So I think this is important because while everybody and their mom is obsessed with getting followers, mm-hmm. you are suggesting that we go out and instead look for people to build relationships with and follow them. Correct. I mean, or, yeah. 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 
it, it, people think with marketing, it's you just do something and you wait and you wait. And I'm very proactive and growing an Instagram page, growing your business online in terms of follower amount and engagement, it's not hard. I know how, I know how the algorithm works, but having people follow you who aren't ideal clients who are going to buy from you in the future, there's no point of them being there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you can grow a big following, which I did in my fitness account, but they weren't people who were ideal and they weren't going to buy from me. So what was the fucking point? They weren't mm-hmm. invested in my cause. They, di- they didn't care. So having people come to your page and not care, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So those are just vanity metrics and having ideal clients come to your page is the most important thing you could do. We got to talk about that because the vanity metrics are so, um, oh, they have such an allure for people and even myself included. Like I shared, you know, that with pregnancy and then changing my niche, I lost 10,000 followers over the course of, of two years. And there was a point at which that really hurt my ego. And I was really, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, am I going to lose my business? And this is what's interesting. Even though my sales were higher than ever. Even though my conversions were higher than ever, and even though I was more aligned than ever in the way that I was showing up and serving, it, there still came a point where fear crept in and it was like, oh my gosh, what if this keeps happening? And then I, I lose this pool of, you know, to, 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 of audience to draw uh, clients from. And so I went out and I explored a couple of different Instagram growth uh, tools, right? I paid one chick 300 bucks a month. She did all right. Um, doing targeted following and targeted commenting and targeted liking. And and I had always been, and this was starting just last January. So I'm just, I'm just being really honest, you guys. I did this over like January to June of 2019. Um, And I was always really judgmental, honestly, about people who were using growth services because it was like, that's disgusting. It's slimy. It's pointless. Like, I don't think, you know, what's the point if they're not really your clients, blah, 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 blah. But then I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to try this. And I, I justified it not just for myself, but also to say like, this is research. So I'll be able to tell my clients whether or not these things work because people want to know whether or not these things work. Um, and what I found was didn't matter if I was using one that was $49 a month or a hundred dollars a month or, um, uh, what's the other thing like $300 a month, like an actual service. Um, it was not a good fit. The growth was, the growth rate was small. Uh, they targeted a bunch of people who weren't a good fit and I could no longer see the content of the people who I actually loved and wanted to be connected with. But most of all, it made me feel yucky and out of integrity. And that's not a good energy to be in when you're trying to serve. So thoughts on growth services. So I'm going to be completely transparent. I, I outsource my VA does all of my engagement for me. So the re the reason why I don't feel icky doing so that. So she's doing three, two, one for you. Correct. Yes. Or he so or whoever. She, yes. She's, mm-hmm. she knows exactly who my ideal client is, all that kind of stuff. The reason why I don't feel bad with that, cause she's a real human is your intention determines your outcome. I'm not having her do it to grow my following or to be like Insta fame again. Mm-hmm. I'm having her do it because I know that when someone gets to my page, they're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. And that's my viewpoint on that. So mm-hmm. um, outsourcing is fine. When it comes to the automated systems that do like a bunch of random likes and comments. And I think this is more what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of shit. One, like all the people who have been up in our stories, oh, question God. stickers okay. for the last couple of weeks. 
So the thing people need to understand too is Instagram is getting way smarter than that shit. And people know now that when they get a dumb comment or a dumb response or a stupid vote, you know instantly like, okay, like you're dumb and why are you doing that? And again, that's going because you're doing that because you want to grow your following because you think a following is important. And that's not the, it's, it's quality over quantity at the end of the day. So if you're using those services, please don't. It takes <laughs> five to 10 minutes a day interacting three, two, one rule in those four places I gave you. And that's it. And your, and your following will grow rapidly. And mm-hmm. the more people who are coming to your page, who actually like your content are going to interact and the Instagram algorithm rewards you for that. So it just makes sense doing it yourself um, and not doing those bot services and all that kind of, it like <sighs> drives me nuts. And you ri- you're risking your account in general. Like mm-hmm, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for Instagram to start deleting everyone's shit because that's coming next. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not for the automated stuff, but I'm not opposed to outsourcing it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, and I think outsourcing is a natural evolution of growth yeah. of business. Like there comes a point at which like your time is more valuable than necessarily sitting and doing that. Um, but one thing that you just kind of touched on that I, that you've shared many times on your page. And if you go and watch your IGTV and anything, you're going to learn this. So, but you talk a lot about making the algorithm your friend. Like you're like, can everybody stop freaking the fuck out about the algorithm? Like, it's not a scary monster that lives in a closet. Um, it's just a system. And, and you know, the system is designed to make money. And in case you didn't know, Facebook and Instagram have ads Mm -hmm. and the longer a person is on, the more ads they will be exposed to. Therefore, the higher the likelihood that they will click on an ad, which then generates ad revenue. So, so one of the things that you teach is it's about keeping people on the app. And I want you to talk about that because you explain it in a way where it's not, it's not manipulative. It's not like you're like hypnotizing people to stay on your page, but what are some of the actual tools that people can use? Um, Instagram's tools or Facebook's tools to keep people engaging with them for longer. Yeah. So like, like you said, trying to beat the algorithm is not going to work. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is way smarter than any of us. He knows what he wants to do. He's also an alien. He is. I'm pretty alien. sure. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is like trying to crack it or beat it, like you're wasting your time. Work with it and it, it'll explode your page faster. So good question. When it comes to, again, fundamentally, all he wants you to do is stay on the platform as long as possible. That includes you too. So you spend the time engaging, watching people's stories that counts. So don't just think it's people coming just to you. It's a two way street here. That's why engaging is important. But the, what they favor is whenever there's a new update, when there's new stickers in your, you know, the stickers part. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's new stickers. When there's a new update to IGTV, use those more often because Instagram is testing them and they're more, they're hyper-focused on the performance of those. So Mm -hmm. if you're using stickers, um, IGTV, that'll help you. So kind of just pay attention to those little things. But in terms of in general, keeping people on your page, um, it's all going to be in video. So that is on three different platforms, video on your actual page. So where you actually post to your grid, uh, carousel, so with the swipey way that you could do that, or just a, a video in general, that keeps people obviously for a duration of time. Instagram loves that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to IGTV, this is where I have the most success. So IGTV is like the YouTube of Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. And because Instagram wants to take shine away from YouTube, they're, they're developing this more. So get on there as soon as you can, because they're favoring IGTV. Um, but the reason why IGTV is nice is your content lives longer. So instead of where your posts kind of like die in the feed and you're just like, goodbye, um, <laughs> this is where people get to actually like watch, save it. They, it just lives longer. And the searchability is um, a lot better. You can't search for posts on Instagram, but you can search IGTV for content. Um, with that being said, the other thing that you need to do is get on stories. And I don't mean just like random stuff. I always post something educational, uh, two to three times per week. But what I do is I make sure to add text on top of that, because what you'll come to find is if you don't have text on your videos, people are just going to tap right through because they're in the doctor's office. Um, Cause they're on the toilet in the public the toilet, bathroom. To be <laughs> they honest, don't have their earphones. Yes, <laughs> I never have my sound on. Yeah, I, neither do I. I only read. So yeah. make sure that you have text on there. That's crucial. But video is viral. And that's when it comes to the algorithm, engagement, watching people's stuff, engaging with them, um, and then posting video is the best thing that you could do for your page. Oh, Mel, I could just keep you on here all day. It's so great. Um, but we're not going to because people have to go. But I want to... Um, do two things. One is say, if this is helpful to you, A, duh, go follow her on Instagram. It's Melanie with two eyes, and then Albert, A-U-B-E-R-T. That's also in the show notes. Um, her website is littleshopmarketing.com. You can connect with her there. And she has a course, actually, that she's sharing with you guys um, at a discounted rate. It's called Create and Captivate Content and Sales. So I know so many of you listening are entrepreneurs, and we love you so much. Like this stuff doesn't have to feel like a mystery and really like you can get the help. She's selling you guys this course for $357. It's a steal. Um, you can pay, I'm not exaggerating $3,000 or more for this same content and you don't need to. Um, and you can learn it from someone who is super relatable, super supportive. She's also really friendly. Just slide up in her DMS. Like she's going to respond to you. Um, and if you're not already following her, I am getting, I'm going to be honest with you, you give me tips that I didn't know probably every other day. I'm learning something on your page. Um, and like I said, so much so that I was like, maybe I need to take a course. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, but when you really decided, I know you went to college for this and all of that, but are there any books that you can say have been really helpful for you? Um, or any outside resources that you're like, you know what, don't miss this one because that'll really help you um, just advance in your marketing or sales. Yeah. This is marketing by Seth Godin. It's a good one. That's a good book. Yeah, yeah. That's a good book. Why she buys is really good when it comes to sales psychology, um, magnetic marketing, which kind of breaks down the buy buttons of human behavior in a natural way, not like a sleazy or scammy way. Um, those three books top of mind, I would suggest for sure. Magnetic marketing. Why she buys. That sounds like something I need to read. That's good. Um, cool. And, uh, with, well, I like to leave people with something like, and it doesn't even have to be about marketing. I know I was just like, dig, 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 because you've got so much. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that value for us. But I think I want to speak right now to the person who is really, feels like their account is too small, feels like they, they can't make an impact because they don't have a big enough audience and they're super grateful for all these tips and they're going to go and implement them. 
But do we have any words for encouragement for them? And, and this could come from your experience that you had just this year around sales that you were making with the new account that you launched or, or anything else. But for that person who's feeling like I shouldn't even bother with all of this stuff because I'm not important enough based on the size of my following, what do you want to say to that person? So one, someone out there needs to hear from you. So we don't know who that may be, but for a long time, I was hesitant and I've inspired you, which makes me feel like I've done my job. But whenever you're looking at your numbers and your, and your following, I want to let you know that I made more money with 200 people following me versus 26,000. With that being said, I want you to picture the number of people you have following you in a room with you. 17 people. That's a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of reach. That's a lot of influence. You have influence and people are there waiting for you to tell them what they need to hear. And all you gotta do is share it. It's a lot of people. So whenever I'm feeling down the dumps about 200 people following me, I sit there and I think, imagine 200 people in front of me. That's a lot of fucking people. So just think of that the next time you're, you're, you're down on your, on your follower account or that you feel like you're too small. If you have one person following you, you have influence. So thank you so much for that. And, um, and then I'll just open it up for, it doesn't have to be related to marketing or anything, but like just any last words of wisdom that you want to share with people who are listening, whether they're, um, growing up in that situation, you know, of abuse and addiction and, and feeling really like they want to have a different life for themselves. Um, or just anything. If, if, if you're in an elevator or in the grocery line and you've got one minute to speak life into me and to tell me, you know, what I need to hear, what do you have to say? So I would say where you are right now doesn't have to be where you end up. The choice is yours. So all you have to do is decide and move toward that. And one step forward, whether it's big or small, is still a step forward and you need to take it. And we all feel a sense of, I want more for myself or a fire or a purpose. And I encourage you as scary as it is to follow it because on the other end of fear, is where all of these great rewards are and where you get to truly see what you're made of. And when you get a little taste of that, the rest is history and you really get to share your gift and you get to help people. And that's, that's my advice. My one minute speech, it was like 30 seconds, but that's okay. I love it. Thank you so much. If you guys have uh, fallen in love with Melanie and I know you have, I know you're just like, I obviously need more of this because I feel like you have like knowledge just like seeping out of your core. <laughs> um, go connect with her on social, find her online, go get this course, create and captivate content and sales. It's going to help you. It's going to support you. And if that does join online marketing Academy, I don't know when the next opening of it is, or if it's, you know, but get in touch with Mel. She can give you information about that. Um, and just don't be afraid to reach out and ask the questions because one of, one of our favorite things is when people come into the DMs I with a good it. question that we yeah. can answer. Um, because that's, you know, that's content. That's going to be, mm -hmm. we're going to extract way. that into four different ways. And yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for taking the time thank and for you. just being so generous with your, your value. It's, it seems to be what you do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me. Thank My you. pleasure. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on another episode of Totally Stoked Podcast. If you love this episode, if it impacted you in some way, please grab a screenshot and share it right now to Instagram stories. Tag Stoked Yogi, hashtag Totally Stoked Podcast. Each week, we'll grab one listener who shared and send you some Stoked Yogi swag. 
Also, if you love the show, please subscribe, share it with a friend, or head over to iTunes right now and leave us an honest review. Your support and feedback make this show possible. If you have ideas about how we can improve, please send them to podcast at stokedyogi.com. Until next time, you guys, keep showing up, loving people, telling the truth, and remember, keep living your life totally stoked.